0: So, the Buddha often um, talks of further development of insight, of succession of um, phases, you might say, or positions, and the viveka, or non involvement. Ability to just sort of step back from the scenarios of one's uh, mind, one's, one's fl- energies, one's activities, the event flow of what's going on, just to be able to step back from that, establish that viraga, dispassion. It's not we're not excited by it or depressed by it. We're not emotionally, you know, disturbed and charged by that by these events. The events start to fade out because you're not feeding them the thoughts, the emotions, the plots, the scenarios, the plans, the tribunals. (laughs) You know, they start to just lose their colour. They fade. mm, The point where you have this experience cessation where some of these things just stop. It's not happening. Yeah. Some of these these are, and often this cessation is not uh, some kind of flash bang, suddenly everything stops, but over a period of time you recognise certain habits aren't coming back. You know, certain habitual self-forming tendencies aren't arising. The driven sense, or the critical sense, or the opinionatedness, or the you know these things that very much can be who we feel we are. You know, something that, that possesses us. And some of these are, are quite habitual. So much so, you know, that the inner tyrant the thing that always criticises, self-critical faculty that can that can stop. You can see a, a mistake and think, "Oh right, that's a mistake." Hmm, that's interesting. How do we get around what do I do about that, rather than going through this whole kind of tribunal of of criticism and guilt and anxiety and so on. Hmm. So that certainly cessation is cessation as one who becomes ready to admit one's uh, shortcomings or limitations. It's one of the marks of a stream entra, it's not that they're perfect, but they immediately understand a uh, a fault or a transgression for what it is, and and be are open about it, want to clear it, so this sense of this involved self, some of this super ego, kind of labyrinth of of formulations and fabulations and entanglement, that yeah, can cease. It's clearer. Uh, so Niroda can be the moment of a particular. Uh, phenomenon thought ceasing, but probably more long-term usefulness is to see particular patterns, you know, that that seem to be oneself stopping. A need for stability or security. Search for gratification or affirmation. These things that can really push us around and dominate us we're always feeling you know we need something or we're defending ourselves against something or we're on the edge of something mm. and if you know, these experiences I mean, they're not necessarily right in your face but they're they're, they're like undercurrents that keep motivating one's actions Virago, oh sorry Vowsaga is the complete relinquishment, the abandonment. So this is sometimes called the, the you know the springboard, the gate to nibbana. Relinquishment. Something is you know the forming of self, any kind of view of being something or being nothing. Can doesn't doesn't have to happen. So this is the, the kind of arahant, or that those are uh, those moments of more Aryan realizations. Mm-hmm. These all occur within a framework of uh, the eightfold path, <clears throat> so it's that we don't lose the eightfold path the eightfold path can become the tenfold path which is when there's addition of right knowing and right release So the other two factors so there's this framework and uh, remember the sense of having a framework is very crucial while we have a, a training situation where there's a lot of boundaries a lot of form a lot of structure so obvious moral structure. There's the root structure of routines, the structure of uh, holy life, the house standards, the, everything. Not a lot of structure, and then internal structure, which you have to develop: mindfulness, right effort, conscience and concern, urotipa, you know, recoiling from that which is harmful. And these kind of structural things: restraint, sense restraint. These are not, uh, these are just kind of like the the framework. And uh, mostly we're interested in the picture, not the framework. Sometimes you don't like frameworks, structures. You feel restrictive or boring or flat or humdrum, you know, same old thing. But they have to be really established. In the right way, in a calm, clear, guiding way, you know, guiding yourself. Otherwise, you get lost in the picture. Picture is what consciousness presents, and the Buddha talks about the stopping of consciousness, or the ceasing of consciousness, or the resting of consciousness. Consciousness does not doesn't mean you become, you know, inert. But consciousness is that presenting. So it presents something to the eyes. It presents something to the ears. It presents something to the nose. It says, Here's a smell. What do you think of that? Here's a sight. What about that then? Here's a thought. What about that then? <laughs> you know, it's like a, consciousness is like a salesman, you know, continually handing out these these special gift offers. You know, you want one of these? We've got sounds. We've got sights. Don't like that sight? We've got another one. We've got plenty of them. You know, next moment there'll be another one. Please buy one of these, they're great. And mostly, these are the picture. Oh, that's really nice, yeah, I like that. Go in there, get one of these things. Hey, this doesn't work. Oh, never mind, get another one. (laughs) You know, it's the old sales trick, isn't it? You know, the the happiness or the stability that, that consciousness presents is pretty, is there, but it's momentary, wears out, so you get a new one. This is consciousness, you know, and it keeps doing it. And every moment, that's what, that's what we seem to, that's in our life, isn't it? That's what it seems to be, just a continual f- flow of moment after moment events. None of them are stable, none of them are lasting, none of them are satisfactory. And none of them are, can be what you have or own. So it's the old mantra, you know, impermanence, unsatisfactory, not self. And it's to apply to consciousness. It's this. Blah blah blah. Now the cessation of consciousness is not <coughs> some kind of annihilation experience, but just that consciousness itself is keeps being fired or triggered or motivated or activated by a sankara. Mm. So you have in the dependent origination Ouija Pachya Sankara Sankara Pachya Vijnana. So dependent upon not knowing upon not really uh being in with the Four Noble Truths, with clarity, with realising you know, what we really need to do. These other activities take over and they inform and consciousness arises dependent upon those. It's a consciousness that's seeking. It's a consciousness that has greed. It's a consciousness that has aversion. It's a consciousness that's muddled, confused. So this is what's arising. Some degrees of this is not... These are strong words, but if you look in it, you know, you recognise any moment as something that we either favour, disfavour, or just kind of, you know, get confused about, gloss over, it's kind of wobbling and wavering, and there's a charge in it, there's an energy in it. And, uh, you know, it's still trying to buy or look for the right deal, you know, and a salesman keeps presenting something, a salesman's consciousness keeps presenting something. There's an energy in that. It's charged, it's bubbling, it's uh, pushy. It's, uh, you know it's like that. And our emotions ride on that and they kind of add more tone to it. Our thoughts ride on that. They justify it or they squabble with it. It's all riding on this, this energy. Mm. So you can... De- sankara, you can detect, you know, uh, in in its... in, 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 it, in it, the aspect of the energy that's there, with it's pushy, stale, tight, locked, mm. smooth, peaceful... Mm. Dull. Just kind of recognizing what's what's the overall sense? Isn't the particular, you know, discernible object sometimes we don't really recognise it because we get so caught in the details of the painting, of the picture. But what's the overall sense? Do you feel, you know, low, high, stretched, pushed, flat, struggling? Trying to trying to hold yourself down or trying to lift yourself up, you know that's the, that's the energy level. It's your sense of that, and everything kind of rides on that. And naturally, this energy level itself provokes emotions. We feel if you're very high up, you know, you, you can feel kind of very uh, exalted or agitated or nervous or intense. You're low, you can feel kind of grumpy, flat, inert, sour, stale. You know? So quite a bit of our practice is just about moderating energy, moderating this currency, this kind of voltage, if you like, of Sankara, till it becomes something that's kind of calm and smooth. This is samatha. Now you do this through bodily channel, (laughs) breathing in, breathing out, or through the heart, kindness, compassion, equanimity, appreciation, a sense of getting it to more to even, poised. This is still conditioned, constructed, Sankaras, but this is the the uh, you know the place where at least we can begin to penetrate. You know what we're being presented with: silence, stillness, luminosity, happiness, ease, images, pictures, mimetas, memories. This, this is what you know, you want one of these, you want one of these, you want one of these, we've got these, what do you think about that, how do you feel about that, you know. And again, you know, the the tendency is to, you know, to go into it. You don't want to do that. You know, dispassion, detachment, cessation, you want to come back to the frame, which is, we say, mindfulness, full awareness. This is this now. It's learning and, and really, recognising and trusting that that ability to, to go to the frame. To the you might say almost to the knowing of the experience, or so it's not intellectual knowing, but the holding of an experience, how we hold that. And the pictures, the, the consciousness, the you know charged consciousness, is very um, compelling and it brings up emotions and thoughts that feel you've really got to get into that, into that picture, cut bits out of it, eliminate pieces of it, do a cosmetic job on it, absorb into it, speculate over it, store it up, put it in your attic, and show it to other people, whatever. So this is, you know, this is the bit that you really becoming learning or training to be much more equanimous about. This is a life practice. And we go through these phases of being seduced, being involved, being caught up with something or the other. And uh, if we're skillful, we at least make that a, uh, uh, a beneficial involvement. So that we, you know, serve, help, you know, Produce things. And you've always got to be aware of keeping the frame in mind. You can't, you know, it's not as if you can come in with no picture. You know, perhaps you think you have no picture, it was all fuzzy. Within a few weeks of meditation, those pictures start coming up. <laughs> a few years, it's amazing the stuff that comes out of the basement, all the old. Old masters. <laughs> Some of them, you know, incoherent. You don't know what they are. Really, you know, abstracts. Good gracious, what's this? You know. Well. Yeah. So it's that twofold practice, kind of like just steadying it, holding it steadily, smoothing it in your body, where well, you sometimes you can feel these particular. Energies have their effects in the body. That's why we use the frame of reference of the body. You're feeling kind of very much up in your head, or around your throat, or your chest, or tight in your belly. You want to widen the frame, go to the edge of the areas and just soothe it. Like you're widening. Because everything tends to contract around the charged areas. You want to go to play wider so you can discharge through your hands, through your feet, into the space around you, breathing out, breathing in. That's why breathing in and breathing out is a very fundamental practice because it's got that flow of energy, is not it? It's not static. It helps to gently massage the whole nervous system. And keeping the frame in mind. This is also about boundaries. Frame, is says, boundary. So, you know, we have tendencies to create boundaries, which means this is mine, this is my space, and that's that's a fundamental piece of what uh, our conscious process does. Says so this is the you bit, this is everybody else, this is me this is the edge of my body, this is mine. And then it kind of adds to that, this is my space, this is my time, this is my room. You know? This is where I am. This is what I can manage, this is my capacity. You know. Don't ask me to play the piano, I can't do that. So we form a boundary around where we feel comfortable, okay, manageable. And then outside of that we don't want to go. Now some of this boundary creating is really, you know, um, the things we create edges around the things we need to, to massage and soften. And why, you know, like why are they being if they've held through fear or held through intimidation or something like that? Or you try to be bigger than you are, more than you are. Or you're merging with everybody else, so you've just got no boundaries. you sort of invaded and washed around like an amoeba, or whatever happens. Or you've got boundaries that are like steel, you know. (laughs) This is my space, my time. (laughs) You know, you want to have boundary-like skin that's pliable, and yet it tells you where you are. What really this means is a boundary is something that you, you know, is created by how you're centered, what you're centered in. So if you're, you know, you're a good carpenter or something, then you're centered in that. And if you're very comfortable in the area of doing wood, doing work like that, then this is definitely your space, this is your territory, you know what you're doing you can quite have a quite big boundary around that, quite a big area you feel really comfortable in. Playing the piano, oh no, I can't do it. You know? So it shrinks. You become small and inadequate. Do You get the sense of that. Then when we meditate, of course, then none of these particular things we've developed in our lives are really valid. We're not teaching, we're not um, working, we're not being an engineer we're not being a programmer we're not being a lawyer we're not being you know so all those things we've been good at felt comfortable in have gone so whoa you know so you get to a much more primary sense where you have to the boundaries have to get generated really through the qualities of of mindfulness of breathing in and breathing out of kindness of calm sense of being comfortable in your space is not dependent upon what we're doing or what other people see us as, which are normally where we get created. We get created as a role by other people, we get created as a function in terms of what we do. And in renunciate life, you're starting to give up that. You're no longer the boss or the wife or the whatever, you know. Oh, and this can be quite a challenge, can't it? Suddenly somewhere where you're really on top, in your game, and now you're out of it. And, oh, you know, I don't like that feeling of not really being the captain of my ship anymore. So we get an instinct to sort of carve out some new territory. And actually, in this particular scenario of meditation, training, he's saying, you know, really be gentle with that. Just sort of make your territory the precepts, the refuges, mindfulness. Get down to real, you know, don't make it in this external world. Make it in terms of something you can really have some say over. You can't have say over what other people think about you or how people regard you or your position, you know or your, even your competence in things. But you can have to say over the mindfulness, precepts. So you develop that frame. This is your boundaries. And know when you're losing mindfulness, when you can't clearly discern what's going on, when you're not with what's going on. Hmm? Yeah. So as we know, this is actually a surprisingly... Testing practice, even just sitting still. but that's what you've really been asked to develop. mindfulness of your body, mindfulness of your feelings and thoughts, just not getting lost in them, clearly discerning, noting what's going on. Now't in one way it doesn't really matter what's going on. As long as there's mindfulness, but of course, you know, the other extreme—some you know, things that are going on—you're not, you know, will not allow mindfulness to be there. So, there's a certain degree of calm, uh, clarity, introspectiveness, presence. You have know, a kind of, I might say, a core quality, quality of being with it, being present with what you're doing. What does that mean, being present? It means there's a sense of where you are. You're not lost in the picture. You've got some sense of whatever the picture's presenting, here I am and I'm with that, I'm not in it. Whatever consciousness is bringing up, I'm with that, and I'm not lost in it. This is Viveka. which is challenging enough because you know, once we do that, and all the stuff starts coming out of the basement. And the pictures are really quite weird at times, and uh, so on. But, you know, with it, but not in it. And then even investigating it, losing the sense of passion or aversion towards that, the mind cools down, needs to lose some of this stuff. This is practice of weeks, months, years. And all the time, if you do, as long as you keep doing that, it can be just the very quality of witnessing your breathing and just knowing you're drifting off and then the moment you wake up. oh. And then not panicking, but just noticing there is a natural return, if you like, or a natural awakening. This isn't awakening, capital A, big time awakening, but this is the path to it. You know, every time we drift off, oh, sooner or later, surely, you know, 30 seconds, 10 seconds, a minute, 15 minutes, <laughs> depending what, half an hour <laughs> a day, depending what the picture was, you go, hey, wait a minute, this is, <laughs> what am I, what am I doing here? And at that moment, you can't really decide to make it happen, but it does happen. It happens because there's been a, a seeding, there's been a basic inclination to, 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 to sustain mindfulness, to sustain just this sense of knowing, referring, being present with. That, that's been established as a sankhara. And sooner or later, you know, as the mind drifts off, it remembers. Oh, wait a minute. Now, this is really interesting. It doesn't mean it's without effort because but the effort has been pref, you know established to establish mindfulness and then almost without effort one wakes up every time you drift off momentarily. That moment of waking up, then you make a firm determination to stay, get back to the point, your theme of reference. And then after a while, the energy of that starts to dissolve and you drift off again. And then sooner or later, you wake up. Oh, then you make again the return. You know, this you might say is just the, that is the basic method, I would say. And you just keep doing that. That's how you, by keeping to re- returning to your center, the boundary gets established. The boundary is established By, by the centre, by that centeredness. It's not established as an extra. You don't decide it. You don't, don't have to build walls. You don't have to have a a a watchman there. Kind of don't have somebody telling you off every time you you lose your lose your thread. It happens by itself, like a yo yo effect. You string out and then doing you come bouncing back. But. The effort is when you do come back, you re-establish sati, mindfulness of that theme, and you witness the, the fading out of that particular piece that you've been involved with. Wow! There I was. My goodness. Oof! There it goes. You know, you keep doing that time and time again. So there's that clear knowing of the fading of the particular concern, or worry, passion, doubt, whatever it was. That's that's the method. You do this with breathing. And what is established through that is the sense of uh, the center becomes much more just this quality of of knowing, of mindfulness, of clarity. And the boundary is established not in terms of what one is or isn't, one's role, one's function, one's moods, one's feelings, but just the boundaries established as the boundary of mindfulness and clear awareness. Now it's not a particular experience, it's not particularly happy or unhappy. It's not exciting, it's not charged up, it's just this kind of calm, neutral And to our, our conditioned minds, <laughs> the problem is this is not particularly interesting. It hasn't got the flavor, the colors of all those paintings. We don't think we get anywhere. We don't feel particularly, you know, lifted up by it. But you do, after a while, appreciate The clearing that it can do, the sense of just clearing out, emptying out. And you get to really get a sense of knowing the, the energy, knowing energies, and which ones you can trust. And you might say the fundamental energy, why it's possible for us to awaken as human beings, is that there is this, you might say, something quite fundamental, kind of steady state, that does get whipped up by the uh, passions, by defilements, by excitement, And we keep buying into it by what consciousness presents. We have an appetite for that. It's like waves, you know. And uh, the, the untrained mind is interested in the waves. Likes the kind of surge. Believes in the surge. It's like the waves... But our untrained mind has no sea it 's just all waves Trained mind you get the sense of the sea, which means when you if you dive, you can notice that on the surface of the sea is all kind of splashing and churning when you get when you go down a few meters it's quite still steady may be undercurrents there, but it 's not the same kind of churning thrashing around. This is rather like the trained mind. You know, you can say, oh yeah, there are waves up there splashing around, but you're in this. And it's sort of steady state. Now, the more you practice, the more you, you can sense that. And you don't leave that. doesn't mean there aren't any waves, but you... You're more staying with the, the centeredness. And your your way you judge, you know, what you what you do, what you're doing in a day or how you're meditating what you put your attention onto is when you start to lose that sense of steady state, does you know, and just become all waves. thinking, wait a minute, stop, go back to centre, hold your breath, walk up and down, you know. Find where you are. Ask where you are. Where are you? (laughs) Of course, the benefit of, when you develop the benefit of samadhi, is that there's a lot more of that in depth state than there is waves, and it, it's, but it's not. Uh, it Get you know the better the smart is, the less exciting it is, the less charged it is, the less movement. It becomes very still, and it kind of you you know in some ways it feels like this is normal, but it's not usual. This is where we're actually sane, and uh, <laughs> this is where this it is a kind of more normative state but of course we're not normally in that we are very much in the fabrications and the the activities and the events it also has to be said that you you learn a lot from those activities and events, you learn about the particular conditioning of the mind and that's going to be very helpful because naturally in our lives and our karma we're very much with waves, with, with experiences and events, and speaking, and other people, and all that stuff, that's moving and changing. So you need to know that, and you need to know how it refers, how it refers and relates to your your centre, to your steadiness. When you get thrown out by it, how you can return to it. How you can recognise the areas you, you did get a rip tide and you really get blown away. Yeah? How you can stay out of those. We get caught up in the worldly dhammas, praise, blame, gain, loss, happiness, unhappiness, success, failure and so on. Mm. Riptides. And it's that just that return. You know, it's a simp- In some ways, it's simple, but look at it thoroughly. Like how there is almost a natural return. It's dependent upon this interest we have in waking up, in being clear, in being present. It's established through mindfulness, and it also. It happens by itself. It happens a lot quicker the more firmly you've established mindfulness. So it's not as if it's an unconditioned quality, but there's a sense in which you're not continually struggling and wrestling and trying to do meditation. You can, you know, you can tr- keep trusting it. You know, start each moment anew, and know when you're losing the boundaries, losing the frame of reference know how you can get back to it. So of course, you know, you have these standard Kamatanas, meditation themes, standing, feeling your feet, feeling your presence as you stand, getting the whole body helps to even out the energy. See so energy is not all just you know, bottled up in one particular area. Walking meditation, feel the sense of the flow and the moment at the time flow of that. Again, it's a whole body experience. In and out breathing, wherever your mind feels it wants to sit and contemplate that. You know, it's in your nose or your throat, your belly, wherever it is. Use that as your window. You look through that particular aperture and you can feel the whole flow of your body energy through that place. So when we talk about sabhakaya, thoroughly experiencing the whole body, it means really the whole of the uh, nervous system. You can see that through any of these windows. So this means, in a way, you're, you're keeping your frame of reference as a frame. And within this frame, you can see your whole life, in essence. You know, maybe we think in meditation you're not really getting to come to terms with life. But actually, you're coming to terms with life very fully, because you're coming to terms with, you know, it's like the whole spectrum of your conditioning. Seen through this window, as it look, you look right through. This is like uh, going down through the sea, rather than just, you know, to understand it, rather than just scurrying across the waves or being blown around by the waves of the sea. And you get a very in-depth understanding of what makes you tick. So framework, boundaries... to experience something that's you could say is prior to to consciousness or you know, it's, it's, it's not presented it's present but not presented <laughs> but uh, that's uh, that's another story